It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we move into a Friday, Gary, it's a very special bonus show. Later, former President Bill Clinton will be here to give us advice on how to treat anxiety. I'm trying to manage my anxiety today. Yeah? (laughs) You ready? Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an interesting day yesterday. Uh I announced this morning uh, that I am suspending my campaign for president. Uh, Not today. Not Not today. today. I need some space around this. And I want to take a little time to think a little more. I've I've been spending a lot of time right now on the question of suspending and also making sure that this works as best we can mm-hmm. for our staff, for our team, for our, our volunteers. Elizabeth Warren out. We'll get to uh, that. Nancy Pelosi on Schumer. I believe she also said on the floor today that his words were not appropriate. And uh, I, I, I support him in that. And it's unfortunate because, as you see, uh, I think the Republicans say it's okay if the president does it, but it's not okay if other people do it. President's never threatened he a has judge. Never, never ever threatened a judge. Yeah. So uh, He's, he said that they should recuse themselves, or you know, he's made comments about them and their decisions. That's not what Chuck Schumer did. No, did not. Here's Schumer. I should not have used the words I used yesterday. They didn't come out the way I intended to. My point was that there would be political consequences, political consequences for President Trump and Senate Republicans. You didn't say that. That's not what you said. (laughs) Thanks for lying during your apology, non-apology there, Chuck. Here's Mitch McConnell. There is nothing to call this except a threat. And there's absolutely no question to whom, to whom it was directed. Contrary to what the Democratic leader has since tried to claim, he very, very clearly was not addressing Republican lawmakers or anyone else. I fully anticipate our colleague would quickly withdraw his comments and apologize. That's what even reliably liberal legal experts like Lawrence Tribe and Neil Cagliol have publicly urged. Instead... Our colleague doubled down. Double down. He tried to gaslight the entire country and stated that he was actually threatening fellow senators. <laughs> why, why is it funny when McConnell says it? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's insane. Uh, what, what I meant to say was, what I really was saying was, no. You used their names, Chuck. It was a threat. And also coming up on the show, we'll talk about the stock market down almost, the Dow down almost 1,000 yesterday. And there's been a narrative going around that the reason that the stock market uh, went down last week was because of, uh, (laughs) was because of, of, of Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after South Carolina and everything else, when the stock market started coming up, <laughs> the the uh, and and we heard this again two days ago mm-hmm. was that the reason that it had come up and there seemed to be universal acknowledgement of that. We chuckled because 
almost everything that you see is on coronavirus and 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 uh, uh, some of the concerns as you brought up yesterday about some of the fundamentals out there. You know, where's manufacturing right now? Uh, you know, if the stock market went up 100 points or down 100 points based on Bernie Sanders, maybe that's a possibility, but it didn't go up or down. And and so I asked a couple people yesterday on social media that were very big on, see, this is all to do with Sanders. I went, no, it doesn't. And so after yesterday, I said, so uh, does the stock market crash? And this was in the morning when it was down almost 700 points out of the gate. And I said, so does this crash this morning have anything to do with the fact that uh, people uh, the day, the morning after, uh, when confronting sober reality that uh, Biden is now the front runner? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> have now responded to that? Yeah. And, and I got, well, no, and nobody really would discuss it with me. Look, that's the problem of taking absolutes with the stock market. Mm-hmm. We There is something, you and I have talked about this before, how people like to... There are there are some things that that we don't we don't know. There are some things out there that aren't one hundred percent. When the stock market goes up and down, we'll say, okay, it probably had to do with this, 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 and this. But the absolute that people had about this was just ridiculous. But there seems to be something when there is an unknown that people like to talk in absolutes as if, well, if I happen to be right on this one, then I'll look really good down the road. Instead of waiting to analyze it as we like to do here on the show, because as two idiots overnight, we don't like to make predictions. We look at the evidence out there. We may be able to look and say, okay, it probably will go down this path because of these fundamentals or these facts. But it was just yesterday I just I had to tease a couple of people that I know. Uh, especially in the financial industries uh, about that, who were making absolute opinions as to why the stock market was going up and down and basing it totally on Biden and Sanders. And it's like, stop it. It's the great unknown about coronavirus. Yep. Yeah, it is. That's what that's what you when was the last time you saw something like this? Right. Based on anything political. Right. You have it. You know, um, it's uh, interesting. You you look at uh, Gavin Newsom, that that cruise ship uh Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, saying, no, you guys need to stay offshore. Or don't don't come in. Uh, so you need to make sure that you stay out and then we'll send test kits out to you. Uh, that was kind of shocking because we go back to the um, the whole sanctuary city thing and open borders thing for the left. And Gavin Newsom, of course, has been a part of that, a huge part of that. And then all of a sudden uh, coronavirus kicks in. No, no, no. You can't even come home. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it, it it really is insanity. Um, they want to tell you that they the the left wants to tell you that they care, but they don't care. They don't. They absolutely don't care about border security. Oh wait, until there's an illness, until there's a virus, right? And that's where they are. Uh, so we will get to to uh, all of that turnout numbers that will please the GOP from Super Tuesday yesterday. We had. Got on a, a little bit uh, uh, post-Super Tuesday when we mm-hmm. had looked at some of the Texas numbers and went, whoa, mm-hmm. the GOP turnout. And there was nothing going on. Also, Tennessee, apparently, nothing mm-hmm. going on. The turnout was unbelievable for the GOP. Mm-hmm. So uh, that we will get to. The latest polling out there, the president's town hall uh, meeting. But uh, some of the big news out there is uh, worn out and Democrats, uh, Pelosi, charging misogyny, uh, other Democrats out there saying this is all sexism. Apparently, they forgot that they still have a woman in the race. 
Yeah, right. Tulsi's still in the race. She is. She has a whole delegate. Right. I think it's a full delegate. And and people have ignored her completely. But uh, it, it, it's really interesting that, and this is what happens, and, and how many times have we explained it, mm-hmm. but it all goes back to this. Victims, oppressors, oppressors, victims. That's what the Democrat Party is about. So now Elizabeth Warren is out, and you have Democrats calling each other, d- Democrat women, uh, especially mm-hmm. yesterday, claiming that this is sexism and misogyny. Well, remember, this is the Democrat primary voter you're talking about. Right. And this is so, your party. This is your party. You got it down to two old white guys. And congratulations. And, and so now this is then only the nat- this is the natural conclusion. There could be no other conclusion that you would come to because when you're about victims and oppressors, if a woman loses, it's because okay, those people over there, forgetting that those people are their most loyal Democrat primary voters. Remember, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the primary voter is really the voter that's engaged. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so they're calling their most loyal Democrats out there, the Democrats that participate, they're saying, well, you're sexist and mis- and misogynist. Now, they I don't know if they're just accusing all the men of being misogynist or as they get back to their old narrative that women are self-misogynists. Yeah, not sure. So we asked this question today, you loyal Democrats, why are you sexist and misogynist? 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah, why do you keep choosing old white guys? Right. We should ask Hillary. Oh, and, and, oh, no, 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 sorry, you can't call and say, well, but, but, but the Republicans are, are pricking white guys, it's the same. No, 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 you're the ones that claim the higher road. Yeah, right, right, right. You claim the higher road. Mm-hmm. You claim it's the other side. Now you have your own calling you sexist and misogynist. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, you know... It's so much fun. I'm really going to miss this primary season because <laughs> it's pretty much uh, almost over. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and she said, mm. "How is it? It must be, you know, this must be really, this must be really, uh, uh, you know, a, a tough time to go in and do talk radio." And, and, oh and no, you and I talking behind the scenes, you know, and well, we we say it on the air, but we talk about it behind the scenes a lot. How much fun it is! I mean, it's just it's so exciting to come into work every day, even yesterday when. And and then you get the little you get the little side issues too, you know the uh, Bill Clinton. Well, yeah. you know, having the affair with Monica Lewinsky was about managing my anxieties. <laughs> I mean, you can't pay for such entertainment. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know the it. it I just. The, by the way, I think that's why Hillary. Isn't running. I I think that's ultimately why she chose not to run uh, this this time around. Because remember the questions coming up around uh, about Bill from young female reporters. Yes, mm-hmm. and they wanted to know. I mean, they were asking, and then all of a sudden, Debbie Wasserman Schultz started building a wall around uh, uh, Hillary and keeping her basically out of the. Out of the media's way, and then they didn't want, but they didn't want Bill out there. They didn't, any, no. Well, then remember he'd give a speech, and it was like, was he endorsing his own wife? Yeah. 
or was he trying to destroy her campaign? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened right yeah, there. I'm just listening not to his sure whole the speech is. there. And right. what, was, what was the goal of that speech, Bill? <laughs> anxiety. Treating anxiety. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've never thought of treating anxiety that way. I think I'll have an affair. Well, you know, I th- the first thought was, well, why didn't you see a professional? And then I thought, oh, wait, that's illegal. <laughs> 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 it's against the law. <laughs> Not that it would stop him. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. Yeah, he was. Oh, it, it is. It, it's. It is just ripe every day. It's like walking through an orchard where where ripe oranges are just and peaches are just falling from the tree mm-hmm. every day. Can't get enough of it. No, it is really a. It, it is one of the. Uh, I I will say this. It's uh, I consider it the best time in the history of the world to be covering politics to have a job like this. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, God, that yeah. you let me grow up. Let that I was born in this time in history oh to goodness. do this job. Yeah, what a unique opportunity it is. Oh my gosh, and 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 how much fun it is to analyze, especially the insanity of the left. Yeah, right. You know, I wish it wasn't that this way, but it is. So we will deal with it and analyze it and have fun with it. Yeah. Because it's right. the only thing that you can do. Because mm-hmm. yeah. let's be honest. The ideas that they propose and the things that they say, they're nuts. They are. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So mentally, I'm all set for Bernie. Communist, I had everything down. He's a communist. <laughs> I was all set. And then we have this crazy thing that happened, right, on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, I love it. I would, it was like... As you said, it's almost like he's doing stand-up well, it, now. He's, he's, his rallies are, are really are well, that the was Tonight a, Show. That was a town hall right, meeting, the town hall meeting right. on Fox. But but his rallies are really like the Tonight Show when he goes goes out and does these rallies. Now, uh, I saw some criticism of uh, Brett Baird tonight. I forget who it was. Uh, somebody uh, on Twitter accusing him of uh, you know saying something to the effect of Brett Baird's always called one of the greatest journalists at, at Fox News, and all he was doing is lobbing softballs tonight. And, and Brett yeah, Bear I saw that criticism, responses. too. Yeah. I saw the criticism, too. I saw it from conservatives. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I only saw, you know, parts of it, you know, because we were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so I only saw parts of it. And it's a little bit of a, you know, it really is a little bit of a softball atmosphere. But tell me that doesn't happen over at CNN with the left. Yeah, it happens all the time. You know, so uh, the fact of the matter is um, the P1 probably at Fox News wasn't going to tolerate, uh, you know, Chris Wallace and, you know, getting up there and and, and, and throwing gotcha questions uh, like they've done in the past during, like, debates. And, the, and, and frankly, a town hall for this president right now, eh, 
I mean, it, it really is. Uh, there, I, th- I think the actual rallies serve him, you know, much greater. Um, he's got a, they probably had what? Maybe a million, million and a half people. Yeah. Uh, watching. I mean, I, I saw, I saw the audio cut where I went, I understand where he's going. I understand what he's trying to do, but he was saying, no, I, I believe that the Taliban, uh, you know, really wants to, yeah. to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it, uh, it's, and I know what he's, I know what he's doing. And right. he's trying to put out the, Hey, I'm giving you another chance. I'm giving you another chance, but if you don't do it, I'll bomb you to hell. Well, I'll here, give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. I'll bomb you to hell. Yeah. But, and, and so I know what he's doing, but it can be taken and used against him later on saying this guy's got hope in the Taliban. Yeah. Um, here's, here's the thing I think with that and, and his version of diplomacy is really peculiar, but it, it really goes back to his negotiating skills and, and what he tries to do. Um, but as long as we're dropping bombs on them when they, when they get out of line, then I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. He can say whatever he wants. And as long as the sanctions on North Korea continue, you know, I'm okay with him, um, and I'll, as you know, in complimenting, uh, anybody. They, because it, you know, you know what's going on. If you know the right. actions by the administration, you know exactly what they're doing. And mine's I, more political than substance. I'll look at it. Right. Go, oh, yeah, I can be, yeah, okay, yeah. this is going to be used against you. And yeah. that's, uh, I think this year, when we get into this year, look, substance always matters to me the most. But mm-hmm. when we get in this year, politics matters to me also. Right, right. It's like, oh, sure. Well, phrase it another way. Do it another uh, I just, uh, I, I always act as if I, I believe all campaigns should act as you and I talked about this as if you're always down by 10 points. Yeah. Right. Uh, so let's face it. The, you know, the, the deal that was signed with the Taliban was a political move. I mean, it was, it was done in, in his reelection bid during his reelection bid for a reason. Um, he does, I believe uh, he's talked about it before. He does believe that we should bring troops home. We should not go on and on and on in Afghanistan, but, I think he, as commander in chief, he knows full well the Taliban is not going to behave. Here's your forecast. Good news for the South. Rain will be ending today. That doesn't help some of the flooded rivers, creeks, and streams that could continue to overflow their banks over the next 24 hours or so. The next seven days looks like a drying period for the South, much needed. Accumulating snow today for the Northeast along I-80. You'll run into some snowfall. By daybreak, though, this system will provide mainly rain showers for areas like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, by the late afternoon, snow will be ending with this system. Syracuse, a high today of 39, so snow early, then changing over to rain and possibly back to snow by Saturday morning. For New York City, mainly rain, same for Boston. Throughout the rest of the nation, we'll see dry conditions for the central part of the country, and the west looks mainly clear with some onshore disturbance coming into Washington and Oregon. Rain on the coast, snow in the mountains. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio, I'm meteorologist John Trout.
The Bonus Show. That's right. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, First off, it, I can't forget about this because uh, <laughs> I know we have a ton of listeners that they, they expect to hear it from us. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nate Silver's 538 is still frozen? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing because uh, there are still some, uh, a few uh, ballots being counted uh, in one or two states. Um, I, I don't I don't know why that would necessarily affect it because the winds have been called so i don't know not sure why they haven't updated right. that you re- you ready for this now yeah go ahead you ready for the the latest florida democratic presidential primary poll all right from st pete polls you ready for this all right biden 61 Sanders 12, Bloomberg 14. So this was done before everybody got out. Warren 5. And so this was done. uh, This was done. A one-day poll done on Tuesday. 1,000. 882 likely voters. Okay. Biden. Six. And with Bloomberg out now. Right. Uh, I think it's safe to. I think it's safe to call Florida now for Biden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually I don't think that's even going to be an issue. It's not till March 17th. And we. And Red Eye Radio is oh, we'll, called we'll, we'll Florida call right now. for Biden. We'll call it right now. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Huh? You never know what kind. Of, I don't think any gaffe could take away that lead. Well, it hasn't yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at him. Look at look at the look at all the things he's done and said. It's not slowing him down. Uh. So looking at. You know, looking at other other polls, really, not, still nothing yet. We're probably going to wait till Monday I, when yeah. we get some weekend polls. Right. Uh, you, you look at the, uh, there's the, the Economist YouGov poll, uh, which came out on the 4th. Let's see what dates that was, though. Uh, yeah. It was March 1st through the 3rd. It was, so, you know, you're not going to see anything. I mean, it goes through the 3rd. Is that the is goes, that the general nomination? It, it's the, uh, nas- it's a national poll. Right. Yeah. And, um, but again, I mean, we knew Warren was going to get out, right? But this is pre-Bloomberg dropping out. Uh, So, really, you can't, it's going to get down to this. With all due respect to Tulsi Gabbard, it's down to Joe. It's down down to to Bernie. Right. And, and... The whole thing is, is that I guess the polls really from this point on. So any poll that starts in terms of the polling itself today or 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 this weekend, really, that's that's what you that's what you'll look yeah. at. You know, I, I saw the other day Tulsi said that, the, well, the reason that I'm in 
in and and uh the reason i'm in is because i've really made a difference in people paying attention to my you know basically war message and the media responded by and you are i'm just fine you gotta you gotta (laughs) be no nobody's paying attention no no sorry but nobody's paying attention you know you don't matter it's biden you know it's it's a it's Biden and Sanders. The only yeah. reason we brought Tulsi up earlier was because, uh, you know, the the Democrats are making it, you know, there's no women left. Well, actually, yeah. there is. I mean, <laughs> hello. she's only polling at 1%. Yeah, and she has a whole delegate. And and, and sometimes zero, but yeah. she is technically still in. If it is about a woman, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Tulsi is more qualified than Elizabeth Warren. Right. In my opinion. Right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So you look at this economist YouGov poll. uh, Again, they they took it the first through the third, so it ran through Super Tuesday. And uh, this is at uh, 270towin.com. And they just lay it out without, uh, without uh, Bloomberg. You got Biden in at twenty eight, Sanders at twenty four, uh, Warren at nineteen. So that goes to Sanders. Most of that, yeah, goes to Sanders. Yeah, uh, Gabbard at two. Congratulations, Bloomberg with eleven. And and Bloomberg with eleven, which goes to Biden, but which, but the collective other is twenty twenty seven percent. So you get beyond Warren Sanders and Biden, and the collective other is right now at at that point. Uh, at, you know, March first through the third, twenty seven percent collectively for other. And so well, you, right. you you you're gonna it, the whole. Bloomberg thing and and more the pollsters you know when in terms of Warren getting out I mean we we pretty much known since Tuesday and then the, the rumors hit very quickly uh, Tuesday night about Bloomberg and he dropped out the next day so the pollsters got to be you know scrambling right now to get some real data and you're not going to see that for a few days. We probably right. won't see it until Monday. Well, here's here's one little bit, a little bit that's interesting. Missouri is is also next Tuesday, mm-hmm. all yeah. right? Yeah. And so they did a poll three four three five and did not include Warren. Mm. Yeah, right. Assuming she was dropping out, apparently. Right. Yeah. And it's likely voters margin of error four point seven percent. Biden forty eight, Sanders forty four, uh, Tulsi two. And I believe six, is it six uh, undecided? Mm. So that's still within the margin of error with six undecided. Right. In Missouri, right. Sanders in that poll is polling well. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it means because I just don't think that, especially in the South, that he stands any chance... And yeah, you got sixty-eight delegates there, but right, you look right. at the, still the monsters out there. And mm-hmm. have you seen a new one from? And I know, I know it's April twenty-eighth, but it'd still be interesting to see if there's an update. I don't believe there's been an update in any New York poll, but no, because that's the other state that's still you know Florida and New York, mm-hmm. huge number of delegates, right? So yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, again. 
not much happened yesterday. I think Sanders, you know, I, I didn't hear any major attacks on 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 Biden yesterday that caught the news. Did you? No. No. And you and I said no. he's got to do something. Now, the Obama ad was out there yesterday. Mm-hmm. And by the way, still nothing from Obama. Right. And, you know, on it saying, well, I didn't endorse him and I wish he wouldn't use it. Mm-hmm. But. So nothing out there. So apparently he's okay with it. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to make any type of difference uh, or not. I'm reading here uh, from Salon.com, a liberal publication. Sanders must make case that Biden is not electable. Well, that's tough mm-hmm. for Sanders to mm-hmm. do. Right. Right. You, Sorry, you blew it. Yep. And any Bernie Sanders people out there, and we told you a, a ton of times, don't blame anybody else. Don't blame Elizabeth Warren. Your candidate blew it. Well, uh, you know, this is the thing, too. And and uh, I, I saw some criticism on social media about her not coming out with an endorsement. Well, remember, remember the whole thing on that debate stage, you know, where she accused him after the debate of lying on about her on national television. The non-handshake, remember that? Mm-hmm. She's probably sitting on this thinking, you know what? You you know, you know, lied about me. Um, we may share values, but I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out. And I wonder, too, what the influence of the party is. Not to endorse anybody. Right, right. right. In, in other words, just, okay, you know what? I'll support the nominee. And we'll see you at, I'll, I'll be at the convention and be very active. And would, when we have a nominee, I'll support the nominee. It's all about getting Trump out of office and just keep it at that. The non-endorsement. Now, her people will go to Bernie. I think very few of them go to Biden. Very few. I, oh, I got to find the NBC story of when she, when she dropped out. You talk about sugarcoating. Oh, wow. I mean, this, this, what they wrote about her, it, it was, it was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know why I'm laughing? Huh? I'm, I'm laughing because I can see it, it's everything that you and I go through during the day. I'm amazed that you and I aren't texting each other. 50 times during the day. Right. Because yeah, we all I know. We yeah. all read these articles and we just burst out laughing saying, are, are you covering this from any type of sense of reality out there? Right. Or are you, uh, well, you know, you said it. Mm. Everybody's doing crack to sober up. Well, the, I mean, <laughs> it's so crazy. They have to be smoking crack just to get sober. <laughs> I'll see if I can find are, it. it was- are we the... Are we the last two sober people analyzing American politics? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's right. Uh, All right. Well, I I can't wait to to get to that. So, um, yeah, I got to find that. If if you want to get in, we'd love to hear from you today. As you can tell, we're we're in pretty good moods. I mean, it's been one of those weeks. Uh, oh, and and uh, I will get to the, um, uh, I believe it was Carl Rove was on Fox doing some of the, uh, uh, you know, analysis of Super Tuesday yeah. and some of the numbers out there that should make Republicans extremely pleased. 
The energy is out there. And when you see some of the numbers, and we already had brought to you uh, early on because it blew us away, the number of people that went out in the Republican primary in Texas, and there was no major statewide race. Yeah, You know, John Cornyn, but that was that was a given, right? Right. Right, right, right. There was no, there was nothing being contested. Did you see any, except for Democrat ads, did you see any Republican ads in Texas? No. I didn't see one. I didn't even see one for Cornyn because I don't think he had to spend any money. No, he didn't. No. So there was, there was nothing. So it's been extremely, and more Republicans went out and voted in Texas. Uh, than Democrats. And in Tennessee, mm. same thing. Nothing for, for Republicans mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, they crushed the Democrat turnout right. in Tennessee. Yeah, And and so we'll get to uh, 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 more of that coming up. Plus, your calls and comments, if you'd like to get in, we would love to hear from you. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Eric Harney and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RUD-EYE. Well, a lot of people were asking because of the Bernie ad uh, the other day whether uh, the president had endorsed uh, Bernie or uh, not. You know, they've had an interesting history together. This goes back a couple of years ago, in fact, to 2016 at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yeah. I am hurt, though, Bernie, that you've been distancing yourself a little from me. I mean, that's just not something that you do to your comrade. So there you go. <laughs> That's actually very funny. Oh, it's hilarious. It's more hilarious now. So we uh, apparently they do relate intellectually. Yeah, yes. You know, politically and intellectually. <laughs> yes. Apparently the 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 their uh, their mindset on certain economic and governmental theories uh that statement the joke and all does show a similarity uh as to uh, their mindset. Yeah. That's <laughs> comrade. I love it. Washington Examiner had that, and a bunch of other people had that yesterday too. Through that, uh, you saw, I saw that all on social media. It's like, okay, that's that's pretty good. We got a, a lot more audio cuts coming up following the top of the hour. Plus, your calls and comments after Super Tuesday. Uh, we will have the the audio from Carl Rove that I want to play, just as he analyzes the turnout for Super Tuesday, which was. You know, really, really good. You know, we we spend a lot of time in any primary talking about the particular candidates, but we don't ignore what's going on on the other side, which right. would be the Republican side, yeah. and, and and analyzing what is uh, what is going on there because it's important just to put everything in context right. so people have an idea. Because you you can sit there and say, oh my gosh, there's so much excitement on the Republican side or on the Democrat side. All the talk is on the Democrats. Are the Republicans losing their enthusiasm? No, they're not. No, I've never seen it no, like this. No, I, I've never seen I've never, the energy like this. No. And, you know, you think about, like, uh, 94, uh, the class of 94, uh, um, you know, nobody saw that nobody coming. Nobody saw that coming. And, and watching this energy right now is uh, something well, that... Zogby might have back then. Yeah, that's where he became a name.
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE, RedEyeRadioShow.com. We stream live there or get our app. Put it on your phone, and you can listen whenever you want. Good morning. Welcome to a Friday morning. By the way, I was just looking at uh, the, uh, the the seats mm. on my plane right. that I'm taking later on this morning. Uh, quick, uh, very quick weekend into uh, New York and uh, see mom and dad. And right. I wanted to see just because after the... You know, United Airlines announced that they were cutting back domestic flights 10% in April. I just wanted to see. Most of the seats are, are, are filled. I've And and I got the notice that if I uh, wish to drop my seat, uh, they're starting at 200 bucks. So, obviously, mm. we're going to have a full plane. Yeah. And good. so, I've just, I was, one, I mean, that's, that's part of the discussion going on now. How full are planes going to, you know, to be? Are people canceling? domestic travel i'm not (laughs) i've got all my flights for the next six months yeah so uh i just uh just a a you know quick note there so by the way uh can i ask something um sure a rare not from you but uh, from the city of uh, chicago yeah what's that could you keep the windy stuff down maybe a little bit because i'm taking a i'm flying into chicago and then a small plane and should be okay, but winds are going to be a... Uh, I tried to avoid O'Hare during the wintertime. Right. I yeah. tried to fly through Charlotte. Now, I take the direct flight back, but the direct they only have one each way. The direct flight, you know, to go to Buffalo is, is at night. So it's impossible for me to take that. So right. for some reason, I ended up going through Chicago on this one in March. And I was like, when I made the flight, I'm like, oh, come on, it's March. Come on, give me a nice weekend. If it would have been last weekend, I might have been in trouble. Hmm. But uh, hopefully this weekend I'll be able. So Chicago, give me good weather to go through. All right, okay, you, that'd be really good. You know, you can. You can there's places uh, on the internet you can go and look forecast. I already looked at it. I just don't. I looked at it about six o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Twenty, twenty to thirty mile an hour winds. Now that's, it's that's not, not too bad. Not going to affect the. I'm, I'm flying. Look, I'm in. It's going to be no problem. I'm flying in on a seven eighty seven, mm-hmm. a seven eighty seven nine. You know that's. Mm-hmm. One of the big planes, international right. planes, right. is actually flying from uh, Dallas to Chicago tomorrow. But I'm in one of the uh, ERJs that only has one row on one side and you mm. know two on the other, two seats right. on the other. So that's a pretty small plane. And I know for a fact because, and I haven't flown on one of them in a while. They fly a lot of those out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Normally I fly on uh, Airbus 321s or 319s. Uh, uh, that when I whenever I go through uh, Charlotte, or a lot of times that's the flight going to Buffalo, even though they are flying some seven thirty sevens now mm-hmm. uh, out of there directly back to uh, to Dallas. But uh, the small ones do have a limit. If it gets to be like thirty five forty miles an hour, sometimes they won't land. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so mm. that's why. Mm. And wind isn't the it's weather's going to be fine. Weather's going to be fine all weekend. I I picked a perfect weekend weather wise. Uh, to uh, right to to travel. So, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's going to be a little cold up there. Though. They should call Chicago the Windy City. <laughs> Do you know the Buffalo's actually 
uh, windier than Chicago. Mm. You know, the Buffalo actually gets more sunny days mm. than places in Florida. Really? Yes. Did you know that, since we're doing a little geography here, did you know that American Samoa, where <laughs> Bloomberg won, and 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 Gabbard got her one delegate, Gabbard got her one delegate, mm-hmm. do you know that that is... That is the place in America hmm. over the last few years that has led in the percentage of the population going into the armed services. Wow. Hmm. That just popped into my head. Yep. Yeah. American Samoa. Well, good. So. Well, uh, thank you, American, uh, American Samoa, for your service. <laughs> yes. So where was that? Uh, what was that T-shirt you were showing me before? Oh. Someone, a listener, sent it to us on Twitter. It's Shay uh, Guevara yeah. wearing a Bernie T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the listener. <laughs> I did see that yesterday on, on social media, but <laughs> it's funny every time you see it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it is. Uh, b- before I'm going to play an audio cut here, but before we get there, I, I think it's important to understand as we get to the end of the week, because people have... Asked what's happened, and so much of the political analysis mm, is that mm. Bernie, Bernie had this great comeback. Well, actually, he didn't. It was a Sanders crash. Yeah, right. It, it was. And as we've explained all week, it was Sanders because we went through it. If you listen to this show, you know you you saw the evolution of our analysis on it. When, when I remember the one day looking at you saying, "Is he not talking about?" In almost every speech now, Bernie Sanders, that we need to fully transform this country mm. and talked about all of the evils of it. And, you know, we need to change the country. You know, when you listen to speeches and it's like he's not talking about the fact that I'm trying to give you a little bit more uh, health care or right, a bigger right. security blanket. It's right. the country completely stinks. It's always stunk and we need to change it fundamentally. And we were like, whoa. And then he started going on his Cuba rants and defending a communist dictator, yeah. the late Fidel Sanders. <laughs> uh, I saw that, by the way. There was Fidel a, Sanders Castro. There was, did you see that T-shirt was out there too? Fidel, mm. Fidel Sanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And they morphed his, his picture into like it was half Fidel, half Bernie. Yeah. Well, that, what, that was pretty. What was it, funny was the party went, "Whoa, dude!" And Bernie was like, "Wait, wait, wait a minute! Yeah, you guys have known me for forty years, right? Fifty years, sixty and, years." And we played the audio <laughs> cut of Democrats saying, "You can't look. You're promoting yourself as a socialist. Excuse me, as a democratic socialist. Mm-hmm. You keep saying Democrat, and you're throwing in democracy. And then he started doing that too. He was, he was." At the same time, saying we need to transform, you're saying in a democracy, and then he went from democracy to supporting the, all in a period of a week to being a communist dictator sympathizer to the point where people on the far left were saying, "You're saying you're social uh, democratic socialist. You can't be defending the good points of communism. <laughs> Look, we all agree with you, but you can't say it. Right? Obama can say it, but you can't." Right. <laughs> right. You and and so he started you're you're not that cool. He started doubling down on it every time he was challenged even in the debate. Yes. 
Uh, and, I mean, and it he, was, re- he really did. And, and, and the problem is, hmm, Bernie's core supporter is angry. But not everybody in the party is angry. You know, they, they're the all voter. activists. The that's, voter. What, that's what I mean. And that's the problem that, that they had. Look, it was a comeback for Biden, but only because the party woke him up and said, hey, can you, uh, can you try and energize? Can we, we're going to do, see if we can get you some endorsements here. Uh, can you wake up and, and, and go hold all, a, but a it, rally? But it was all based on Bernie's crash. Well, it but, was based on that. Well, but there's, but there's definitely new energy for him and it, it comes from, oh, yeah. it comes off the winds. Right. You know, it comes off of those winds and he had that energy on Monday. The thing is, is that that doesn't happen. Uh, it, it, it may have worked for him here and there were a few points. I don't think what happened on Monday carried him on Tuesday. There's new energy. There's he's you know, he's actually sounding like a candidate. I haven't heard a gap. Did you hear a gaffe yesterday? I don't uh, think there was any I, I did see an article saying that the media isn't playing the gaffes that he's continuing. I'll, I'll see if I'll, I'll find the story. That's interesting. You. Yeah. I'll find the story. Yeah. So it's it's of, okay. Then it's all hands on deck now to beat Trump. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that's not shocking. Um, the whole idea, though, um, is it it is the party. It's the the party is is where the energy is. I, it's, I they're but I they're, do, they're propping him up basically. I, I do think he was energized after he saw what Bernie was doing. The response from Democrats to it. And then when he had the win in South Carolina, mm-hmm. I think the energy came back, yeah. you know, back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he thought he was probably on a losing track there for a little while. Yeah, I, I, he he seems after South Carolina, he's a lot less defensive and more proactive in in what has been at least in what's been played in the media. Well, but, like, you know, he was really defensive and it probably came from the fact that he expected, he probably expected to breeze through the entire season. I mean, you know, go back to the fall uh, polls, you know, those November polls, man, he was looking great. All right, I want to play this uh, audio cut from uh, Carl Rove on Fox News last night, breaking down the voter enthusiasm for Trump. Hmm. And, I, and I think it's really important because uh, I know that, for example, in, uh, when, when I went to the polls on, uh, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. I was I, when I saw the line, I went, "Oh man!" Mm-hmm. Then I realized in my county, apparently, I don't know if it was feuding or whatever, but both the Republicans and Democrats had separate polling machines, mm-hmm. and so the huge long line that you probably had to wait—I don't know, twenty, twenty-five minutes, a half hour—were all Democrats standing in line. Now I live in a Democrat town, right. so people know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the other side, you know, there, and there were two doors that swung open, you know, from the middle. Mm-hmm. And the one was open that there was a huge long line outside, and the other one that you opened up was a Republican line. When I got there, there were people in a car, you know, voting, you know, election uh, people saying, "Are you Republican or Democrat?" I said, "Republican." They go, "You go into that door." I mean, mm-hmm. I can bypass the line, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I went right in and immediately, and I went, "Oh boy, wonder what the turnout's going to be." Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's why you can't pay attention. That's why right. you can't look at anecdotal evidence in a in a uh, uh, in in any type of election. Right. You have to. <laughs> the only thing that matters is the numbers at the end. Uh, but 
uh, as we had said that night, and I was a little shocked just because of what I had seen. I said, is the energy really there in Texas? Yeah, the energy was there because we saw roughly at that point 1.9 million votes mm. for Trump. And we said at that time, we think he's beating the turnout of the Democrats, which right. was mind-boggling because yeah. there was no reason really to go out and vote except I want to show my support. Right. There was no sense of urgency. Well, apparently there is, uh, but uh, I want to play this part. This is uh, uh, Carl Rove on, uh, on Fox News. That's yeah, my interpretation. I want, you to, I want you to think about this. There's no race in Texas on the Republican side. Uh, no, we got some some congressional primaries, but no statewide race that was hotly contested. Democrats were all over the state. You could not turn on the television without seeing a Bloomberg ad. We had ads on for Bernie Sanders. We had all the major candidates coming here to Texas. This was the second biggest pot of delegates, hotly contested. Democrats turned out two million thirty five thousand seven hundred eight votes. Republicans two million eighty thousand. Now, Tennessee, take a look at this. Democrat turnout, hot, hot election, 515,000. Republicans, no contest, no race. The president didn't even appear there. He didn't have any of his challengers there. He got like 90% plus of the vote. Nearly 800,000 people turned out to support him. I suspect over tonight at the Trump headquarters, they're carefully analyzing these results because it is a gold mine for them in this respect. They now have a powerful tool to identify. They now know the low propensity voters who didn't vote in 2018, who are excited enough to come out in the primaries. And they also know who are the low propensity voters who didn't vote who are for Trump so they can focus their efforts on them. So uh, all these people who showed up said, I'm going to count on me in November. And so they're able to say, "Okay, well, these were the low propensity votes we were worried about who came out. Let's worry about the rest of the pool. Yeah. And I, you know, you and I have talked about uh, in my political life going into a second term. I've never seen the excitement level, for example, the the uh, the the rock star the rock star kind of you know treatment and the excitement that you see at Trump rallies right it's really incredible after you know a full a full four years and I'm talking four years from the the other campaign from the first campaign till now mm-hmm. and to see it because you always wonder because turnout to a rally again is anecdotal evidence the only right. thing that matters is. What happens on a are people motivated to actually go and vote? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yes, yeah, they are. Eight six six ninety red eye. Tips from JJ Keller and Associates Incorporated on Road Check twenty twenty. Road Check arrives early every year around this time. We all find out when the CVSA will be holding the International Road Check, the annual event that highlights the importance of roadside inspections. The 2020 road check is scheduled for May 5th through the 7th across North America. If that date sounds a bit early to you, that's because it is. Traditionally, road check took place about a month later in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. But officials opted for an earlier date this year to try to avoid the hotter weather that covers much of the southern U.S. and Mexico in June. While you may get a break from the warm weather with the May date, You will not get a pass from inspectors should your vehicle or your records fail the inspection. Now that we know when the road check is happening this year, it's a good time to make sure that your records and your vehicle are ready to pass an inspection. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated. Visit us at jjkeller.com. 
This has been the Meritor Driver Report, brought to you by Pilot Flying J, Shell Rotella, and Meritor Aftermarket. Run with the bull. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye, the Friday show. Uh, and so Elizabeth Warren is out. And so the cries of misogyny and sexism come in. Pelosi talking about misogyny yesterday. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Uh, Rachel Maddow brought up what she called the elephant in the room while mm. interviewing Warren on MSNBC Thursday night. She said, quote, I think that a lot of women around the country right now feel differently about you dropping out whether or not they were supporting you specifically you're you're you leaving the race feels different if hillary clinton can't win when she gets a nomination and then you can't get the nomination and neither can kamala harris and neither can amy klobuchar and neither can gillibrand i mean i think part of what's going on today is that women around the country are like okay honestly you know it's if it's not going to be any of them let's get real it is just it is just that it can't be any woman ever are we just going to run, you know, white men in their late 70s against each other, both parties, and that's what we can agree to do? I think there's a feeling that your campaign ending is very specific to you and also feels a little bit like a death knell in terms of the prospects of having a woman president in our lifetimes. There you go. Yeah, well, well, in that's this, the, uh, that's the Democrats. It's the primary season, so... You know, I mean, um, look, um, you got to ask them, got to ask the Democratic voters, the Democratic yep. voters, your base, right? I, I know you're choosing women. I, I know that if you have uh, if you ask me the question of who I support and there's five women in there and there's five men. And if I choose the man, I can give you the specific reasons based on the substance of the issues that I'm voting for that man. Right. I have no problem. Right. I don't care whether it's a woman. I don't care whether it's a man. Right. All I care about is that they agree with me on the issues. Right. That's it. Yes. That's it. And and I believe that not only do they agree with me on the issues, but they won't wimp out when they go in. You're going to have to ask Democrats. But again, as we've said, they deal with identity. Yes. That's what they do. Right. They think that way all the time. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that are obsessed with the identity of a person, the physical characteristics, the economic class, yes, the the sexuality, the gender. This is how they think. I don't think that way. Nope. All I care about is who's going to do my bidding.
finish each other's sentences. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. I was referencing a story that I saw earlier that uh, the media is hiding the gaffes. This goes back to the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, uh, this right. is this yeah. is where the media wasn't yeah. covering it. It was a uh, Newsbusters uh, uh, article helping Joe out. ABC and NBC hide hide Biden's latest blunders, mm. but those were the blunders from a couple of days ago. Right, which by the way did get major publicity though. Yeah, right. NBC and ABC might not have covered it, but those were covered. Yes, as we yeah. all know. Yeah, they yeah they're right. Yeah, so uh, they you know they got out there uh, new ones. Uh, uh, I guess we uh, we shall see. The problem is that he will make the blunders when he's talking. Doesn't matter whether he's talking to friendly media or not. He'll make the blunders, and when he gets into a rally, is when he makes the blunders. Yeah. Um, here's the thing: social media is going to cover it. Social media will do all the heavy lifting. Um, if ABC doesn't cover it, if CBS doesn't cover it, if the Washington Post doesn't cover it, actually the Washington Post has been on it for a while. You know, they, they were on, uh, you know, the, the bizarre lies that he's been telling for years. So it's out there. And you look, at, you know, assuming he's going to be the nominee, if he's the nominee and the general, the independents are, are are going to see it they're they're aware of it the media can try and hide it look if he, if i'm his campaign manager i'm i'm begging him to stop you know gaffing and 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 i'm going to limit his exposure if i can to any extent that i can without you know <laughs> remember what they did with hillary i mean they wouldn't let hillary uh out in front of the media in 2016 so i'm guessing they're probably going to do a lot more of that and you'll see the rallies likely that you have seen here in the last week where he brings people on stage with him that he's not the entire point uh beto will be out there with him mm-hmm. even mayor pete might make some you know some stops with him uh you you get somebody basically to prop him up that's basically what they're doing if you think about it and give him energy we remember uh, during the Hillary campaign, as Eric just mentioned, because it was really fascinating how she was. And this is in the general, how she just would not be making appearances for a few days. Right. And there were stories written on it from the mainstream media that the goal was to keep her out of the public. Because when she speaks, the public, the approval of Hillary, when she speaks of those Watching her speak goes down when she speaks. Mm-hmm. And with uh, Biden, especially with the, the, the gaffes. And by the way, the this is when the pressure really starts hitting you right now. Right. I mean, he may be breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief because of the Sanders self-destruction. But when it gets into the heavy lifting here uh, in a couple of months... Uh, it's going to be, it's scorched earth time. Yeah, right. And scorched earth time is when the direct questions are starting to be asked to you, where more of the protests, because remember more of the, did you see the other day, the dairy protests? Mm-hmm. Think about this. The How many dairy protests have there been 
at at uh, you know Democrat rallies. <laughs> Think about that. Of all the things going on, the dairy protest. Stop using dairy. <laughs> it's I, I mean I just, it's it's funny because I was looking at a, a Michigan poll uh, off the air during one right. of the breaks mm-hmm. a little while ago, and I was looking at the what the the Democrats in Michigan, because uh, next Tuesday, there are mm-hmm. six states up for grabs, and Michigan has the, the highest number of uh, delegates available. And so you look at it, and Biden is set to win big. I mean, he could win in the mid, with, you know, in the mid 40s somewhere, upper, upper 40s even. Um, it's, I think that's probably going to happen in Michigan. Well, then I got into the poll. The, the questions and the priorities of, uh, of those voters. And these were likely voters in Michigan, Democrats. Environment was like third or fourth on their list. It was, and it was only like 11%, you know? And it was just, I mean, it was really, really low. The, the top thing was somebody that they, they, what they want is somebody that can beat Trump. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know, 33, 36%, something like that. But the environment, even with the Democrats. So you look at all these silly things that they talk about, the, the candidates talk about. And they're, even with the Democrats, they're not connecting. You know, the identity politics isn't connecting. They're not. So now take that to the independents during the general. You think you're going to connect to, to independence with identity politics and 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 invite the the Green New Deal? I it's, but they but they have to say it for the far left because Biden needs the far left to be there. Well, the far left is all over the place. I still wonder if they're going to show up for him because if Bernie gets pushed aside and they see this as Bernie getting pushed aside by the party. I think you're going to see a lower turnout. You did see, in fact, on Super Tuesday uh, that uh, in some areas there was lower turnout by young voters. Those are Bernie supporters. Yeah, uh, in in Texas they talked about that, and in many places that the the young people aren't coming out like for Bernie Sanders like they thought that they would. Look, the great unknown is what we saw from Super Tuesday. What we have seen right. is that, and we have talked about this pretty in depth on this show that. The party has gone far left. Right. The actual party, not the voters, and we've stated this before. We've always wondered where do the older, the where do the middle aged and upper age voters, the the Democrats, what are they thinking? And it's really tough to get a handle on some of these polls. Uh, you know, are out there. But as I've said, the one thing that I've noticed, and the majority of Democrats that I know that voted for Obama, that are in their middle age or older. And, you know, if they're my age, younger middle-aged people. Right. They're my age, younger middle-aged people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> yeah, I didn't want to insult you with the last. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. all right. I just thought I was expecting more of a response from you. Uh, I'll uh, insult uh, on, you in the next segment. On the, okay, all right, I appreciate that. You bet. Uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're not going to pound me when I make such an easy setup, then why do I even try? Uh, That's a good question. <laughs> uh, 
but these are probably, I'm going to guess, 30 or 40 people that I've known for a long, long time that are Democrats and voted for Obama and were very vocal during Obama and about a year and a half ago went completely quiet. Right. Completely yeah. quiet. They sure. don't participate no. at all. No. And the question's always been, you know, what are they what are they thinking? Do they buy into all of this? We know they can't. Mm-hmm. I know. I've I look, I, I grew up and, and I've mentioned this before. My grandfather for his entire life was involved in Democrat politics, really until Roe v. Wade. And yeah. then he moved. Yeah. He, he became right. Much more of a a, a uh, Republican, hmm. but my grandfather was involved in Democrat politics for the longest time. I come right. from a you know my father's side of it, and I believe in my my mom's side. You know, a, a significant portion of the family was Democrat. They're not this. They were never this kind of Democrat. Right. Never. Right. It wasn't the Democrat the party that they knew. My a couple of my late uncles that were also Democrats and union people, they were socially conservative. Right. Yeah, sure. You know, they and 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 maybe maybe they were looking for a bigger social welfare system. But I can guarantee right now with the transgender and transracial movements and the intersectionality, they'd be saying, what the hell is going on with my party? Yeah. Yep. And I believe that when Bernie Sanders really started pounding the communist, you know, become taking on and embracing the communist sympathizer role, the dictatorial communist sympathizer role. A lot of older Democrats just went, "That's it. We just this is you know." He might have been offering stuff that sounded good and everything else, and the worker, the worker, and all of this. Uh. Because that's something the Democrat Party was promoting a lot in the eighties and nineties. Were for the working man, the working man, the working mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. Now the working man has has two definitions in in American politics over the last thirty years. It could be the old Democrats talking about the union person, or it can be the Bernie Sanders talking the working man, which is to promote a socialist communist philosophy. Right. And when they finally realized, uh oh, this this is what he is promoting, and it became clear, you know, hey. Uh, Who's the best person to represent us? I think that's why they're going for Biden. Not that they love Biden. Not that they even think he's electable. But they say there is just no other choice. Yeah, This person's just completely and totally unacceptable. Right. Uh, there's also another definition that Bloomberg has for the working man. The, uh, the low-life, brainless idiot <laughs> with no skills. There's that. <laughs> Who... <laughs> Who must be? Who must have their soda? Yeah, right. <laughs> intake regulated. Yeah, who, who, who needs their money taken from them that they just earned because they're going to do Ooh. something stupid with it? See, that's why I'm disappointed that he's out. I know. I would have loved to see the Republican ads if a Bloomberg was the candidate playing that ad over and over again. Oh yeah, of yeah. Bloomberg stating that we need to tax poor people more. Because poor people are affected. If you take their money, they're more affected by it, and you can change their behavior, and they won't do things that will hurt themselves. And I am Daddy Bloomberg, and it's my job to ensure, as Daddy Bloomberg, that you don't do things that will harm yourself. Right. Wow. 
I would have loved to see the Republican <laughs> ads on that one. We'll never get to see that. No, no. And you it, know, this is Bloomberg. I just want to speak to Mike for just a second. I know he's listening on WABC. So here's the deal. <laughs> Don't do that to us because we had a whole shelf of things that we were going to do. We had we had all these plans. One day? You give us one day? Are you kidding me? It was barely 24 hours. Yeah. Come on, Mike. Think about that. His campaign lasted one day. One day. One one day. That was it. One day. You, you spend hundreds of millions of dollars. You give us one day? One day. One voting day. That was it. <laughs> Dang it. We had questioned, though. We said, what What are you doing? That is, where's your self-awareness? And how many articles have been written about the fact that nobody ever said no to him? They're all yes people around the billionaire, and the billionaire just believes what the billionaire wishes to believe. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's no self-awareness of, because we said, do you understand what party you're running for? You'd actually have more of a chance as a moderate Republican if you would have stuck to the things that you have actually talked about before. Right. Like, you know, stop, you know, uh, stop uh, question and frisk and and all that. If you hadn't backed off, you probably could have run more as a moderate Republican. Right. So, But you have no place in the Democrat Party. You're a billionaire. You're evil. Yeah. He is. He's really evil because we didn't get to have any fun. Uh, exactly. That's what makes him the most evil if yes. we can't have fun. All right. Your calls and comments coming up. We'd love to hear from you. Here we are at the end of the week, Super Tuesday, heading into six states next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bernie. It's now uh, Bernie, Biden, yep. Trump. That's it. That's it. One of the three will be your next president or continue to be president. Right. For another two or three terms. Right. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Coming up following the top of the uh, hour, we will get your calls and comments, all right? Hey, it's a Friday show. Lots have happened uh, this week. Uh, we Look, if you call, it's a way to manage your anxieties. Yes, uh, it's... There's you know, this this is this is one way to do that. There, yes. are, there are other ways to manage your anxieties. Yes, there are. But this is this is one way, yeah, that isn't going to get you in trouble. Mm, okay, maybe not. You know why Bill Clinton and I are different on that? Why? To me, I, I don't know about Bill, but to me, mm -hmm. if I was married, having an affair would not help me manage my anxieties. They would increase my anxieties. Yes, right, exactly. Well, and the problem is, is that your wife is right there. <laughs> they couldn't go somewhere else right even think about that it was in the white house yeah
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Thank you so much for being here this morning. One of the things I was thinking of, you know, if you talk about uh, Joe Biden and blunders yeah. and gaffes, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, one would be the one would be the next debate, the head-to-head matchup. Now, you've got a lot of Democrats say, stating that if Biden loses big in Michigan, it's over. Right. He'll still stay in. Uh, excuse me. If Sanders loses in uh, in Michigan, I said Biden loses. If Sanders loses, uh, it's over. May not. Probably is not the case uh, as uh, we, you know, the the path to actually getting the delegates still unsure of that here at at the moment. Hmm. But the next debate doesn't take place until a week from Sunday, March 15th. Right, right, right. In in Phoenix, Arizona. And that's the one thing, you know, Bernie can pound on you. If you're down to two people. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You've got Bernie and you've got Biden. And that's where it gets tough for Biden is if he is being pounded on by Sanders and has to respond immediately. And then Sanders will respond right back. Sanders may have had a heart attack, but he's a quick responder. Hmm. And he can get angry and he can get in your face and he can wag his finger at you. And that's the whole point. How will Biden respond to that? Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I thought about that yesterday. I was thinking, I believe Joe's better one-on-one, face-to-face, just two, or just having one opponent. Because what he was doing before was he, he was in the defensive posture. He was getting angry that he wasn't getting any, he wasn't getting equal time at one of the debates. You know, I'm going to, everybody stop talking. I'm going to talk now. You know, that whole thing. I think he's actually better. I think he's he'll probably do better if this is a huge, huge contingency. If he has the energy that he's had this week, his energy level is higher, and his approach has changed, and I think it's from the momentum. Um, I heard somebody say the other day. Uh, he needs to calm down, you know, after uh, Super Tuesday, he was really, you know, that night, he was just really, you know, he was doing the Howard Dean thing. <laughs> Everything but the weird scream Woo! at the end. Yeah! But he, um, and somebody said he needs to calm down. And I thought, actually, no, this is exactly what Biden needed to wake up and, and, and to quit coming off as defensive. Now, there's the other problem. Um, if, you know, if, if he can carry the energy, great. If, if he's, if he has that approach that he's had this week, which is closer to his older approach, then he can win the debate. He has to be the old dismissive Joe. But here's the problem with that too, is that on foreign policy items, you know, he, he used to actually, you know, 
be able to reel off things just, you know, quickly, very quickly, right? Uh, that was, in fact, remember, in 2008, that was the idea. You want Joe because you want foreign policy issues. He, he, he knows all about Ukraine. And if you, if you look at, you know, some of the debates that he had in the past, then if he remembers that information, if he can recall that information on the debate stage, he can do fairly well. But those are, again, those are huge ifs. Here's why I think he loses. Bernie Sanders attacks him on all of his lies. How does mm-hmm. he respond? He gets flustered at that point. Mm-hmm. We, I, I know I won't speak for you, but myself, I look back and say, where was Biden's strongest <clears throat> debate? His strongest debate was against Paul Ryan. Mm-hmm. Paul Ryan was milk toast. Mm-hmm. Paul Ryan didn't challenge him. Right. Paul Ryan didn't go after him because they were vice presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. They weren't the presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. But you go after Biden, you say, you lied about this. You just got, you, you, you've you lied about your entire history. Mm-hmm. You've lied, and you sit there and you just document the lies and go one after another. And the whole point is, is to fluster Biden into another lie. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, the, that's, sure. that's the problem that Biden has the, you know, the history of, uh, of, of, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where people look at it and just say, you're lying. Look, and that's what we had uh, we had talked about some of the uh, – was it uh, – I can't think of – Cenk Uger on um, mm. uh, the uh, the Young Turks mm-hmm. podcast, very popular podcast for far-left liberals. Mm-hmm. And, but we – in fact, we played one time when Cenk when, uh, tried to debate Ben Shapiro and got smoked big time. Right. Remember that? He just yeah. got smoked big – he had nothing. He couldn't – but this guy's as far-left as you can get, and he was sitting there railing. We couldn't play. We read you some of the transcript. We couldn't play it because there was too much profanity in it. But he just said, my God, there's never been a bigger liar than Biden. And this is somebody, this is a loyal, loyal, far-left Democrat. Yeah, right. And said, my God, with Biden, my, you're, you're, Trump's going to destroy him on his on, on his lies. Trump's lies? This, this guy <laughs> blows Trump away when it comes to the things that he's lied about in his, uh, in, in his history. And he's just, you know, losing it now, again, a Bernie Sanders supporter. But that's what they're looking at right now. Bernie, look, you've got to attack and you've got to attack him and say he's not credible. Trump's going to smoke him on his lies. That's where and I was reading an article earlier today saying uh, that, uh, you know, he's got that Sanders and it's almost an impossibility after Sanders uh, a communist meltdown. But. The whole thing is Sanders has to show that Biden is unelectable. The only way you can do it is that he's more gaffe prone than Trump and he lies more than Trump. And you yeah. can make a great case for that from the Bernie Sanders point of view. Yeah, you can. Here's, uh, you know, here's the thing with. Um, with that, you and and Bernie can look at the audience and, and you know, because I'm picturing it. Well, I don't think it's a town hall. March 15th, but I'm picturing in my mind the debate in 2008 between, it was a town hall debate during the general season, um, between, uh, McCain and Obama. And the last question for John McCain was, uh, a young lady asked, what don't you know and how will you learn it? She asked that of John McCain. And, I always said, well, if I were McCain, mm-hmm. I would say, look, there's 
I have a great deal of experience of, of service to this country. And you don't have to go far or look very hard to find it. So there's a lot I do know. What I don't know is who this guy is standing next to me. He has very little history that we can look into. Nobody knows the guy. He has no experience. I have been vetted over and over again. And again, you don't have to look very far to find the answers to who I am. Bernie is on the stage with Biden. This was this would is this is exactly what I would tell Bernie's uh, campaign, or I would tell Bernie. You point at him and say, "This guy's a liar. He's establishment. He's been around for a long, long time." But so have I, and you all know who I am. I'm not going to parse words. I'm not going to sit here and fill you full of lies. Of course, that there would be a lie because he wants to tell you he can pay for all of his things. But but we're not. But the thing is, we're not trying to be accurate here. No, 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 (laughs) no. Because the bizarre lies from. The, the political lies are different than the bizarre lies from Joe. Right, exactly. Right. Because they all lie. Uh, it, you know. Um, I'm re- st- we're re- staying in this till the end. Re- exactly. No, no, I'm not. going all the way to the convention. No, you're not. The next day. Okay, I'm going home. Um, read my lips, no new taxes. Or with Bernie, read my lips, a lot of new taxes. <laughs> um, the You know, the whole thing. Um, is the political lie is separate, and I think we I think we price that in. Uh, with Bernie, it's harder to price it in because <laughs> it's astronomical in price. Um, but but seriously, the Biden lies are bizarre, and that gets down to who they are as people. And I would make the point if I were Bernie on the stage, you all know who I am. You all you all know my ideas that I've been promoting for many years. And, you know, he's going to tell the audience, you know, they'll work, they'll transform the nation, and we will be a great nation, blah, 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 blah. And point at Biden and say, there's no telling who this guy is because you can't believe a word he's saying. He's establishment, and we we don't want establishment in the White House we don't want somebody who is wholly dishonest in the White House. We need a we need someone that we know we can trust and we know that is telling you the truth. And you almost stick to that script for almost every question yep. or yep. every response yep. or, every, or every cross examination or yep. every rebuttal. It, because question, it doesn't matter what get, the, right. it doesn't even matter what the question is. We we've, we've yep. said this. Redirect every time. It doesn't matter what the question is. They're gonna they're gonna ask but, gotcha question. You know, again, I don't know. And I asked a question yesterday: Is Bernie ready for it, or is he ready to give up again this time? Too well. we'll is see. is is he ready to fight, or is he not? Or is he just, well? Because, I'm just gonna give up again, like I did for Hillary. Just well, whatever. If he if he starts out, you know, nobody cares about your lies. <laughs> then it's over. You know. Well, yes. Let's head to you. We go to John in Durham, North Carolina. John, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show, Gary. I want to first say it is an honor to finally get to speak to you two, which I have listened for many years. First time caller. Thanks. I want to tell your your listeners, get the app because you guys have, I couldn't tell, believe the great, 
how great you guys sound on the app compared to a crappy AM radio. And um, I caught my point about that is um, I think about a third of the voters haven't even voted yet. And all of, and all of the people they were going to vote for, except for Sanders and Biden, basically have been eliminated and Tulsi. And that ticks me off and I'm a Republican, but even the Republicans, you know, you take out Kasich and, and, and uh, Cruz and, and uh, Rubio, it was down to four people, basically, after the Super Tuesday in the last election. And it, it, all those people that voted, they get ripped off, too, because their candidates are no longer in the race. I don't like that. That's, that was my point. How would you do it? By um, maybe they had could I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking off the cuff here, maybe they could sign something saying they have to stay in the race, uh, at least on the ballot mm. and, and continue to appear by letting them, by letting them appear at the, at the forums, at the, at the debates. Yeah, that would, that really wouldn't go anywhere because when there's no interest in a candidate, uh, with all due respect to Gabbard, she has no following. And, You're and right. if, and, and, but if you're saying that, well, the people that, uh, you know, that lose, because I was asked this question the other day, well, you know, the uh, Mayor Pete drops out, but, but um, you know, in early voting, I voted for him, and now my vote is wasted. No, it's not, actually. Right. Because if you, if you vote, your, if you vote your, it, it's not wasted. It's not, those, those votes aren't wasted. If you vote your conscience, then it's not wasted. And if you, if you want to vote for a winner, if you want to vote for the leader, then pay attention to the polls going into election day and maybe stay away from early voting. But otherwise, I, I mean, there's there's always going to be a loser. That's like saying that whoever votes for uh, Biden in November is their vote's going to be wasted. Well, they supported Biden. Look, I, I, the complaint, right. the complaint, I think, is uh, the biggest complaint is the fact that the election goes on too long. Mm-hmm. That it's almost a two-year election. Yeah, right. That well, well, that the campaigning yeah, goes on because because we have been able to vet. Who doesn't know what the national can- Yeah, who doesn't know what the candidates think? Right. So by the time you get to and remember, Iowa didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So people sit there and they say, "Well, how come Iowa was first? Well, Iowa didn't end up mattering, right. did it? Really? Right. New Hampshire didn't matter. Uh, you know, as, as much. What happened is." And South Carolina mattered because it showed what was going to happen in the South. Mm-hmm. That's why well, South Carolina mattered. Yeah. And then knowing that you couldn't take the South, that, that, you know, when Super Tuesday came, you couldn't take the South. It looks like you're not going to be able to take the South. It means you may not be able to win. We need the more electable candidate. I actually look at this and say, look, no system is perfect, but it is a pretty free market system, is it not? Right. It is. It is. I mean, because, again, uh, if you in Michigan, uh, assuming Tulsi Gabbard doesn't drop out over the weekend, if you if you go and you vote, uh, vote for her, you're voting your conscience. By the way, I do have to challenge one thing mm-hmm. from somebody who has been uh, <clears throat> on AM radio for the longest time. The mm-hmm. AM radio signal is really good. You may have a stinky radio or be somewhere inside of a building. Yeah, right. But the AM right. radio signal itself is a great signal. Oh, oh man. I, I still have my GE Super Radio. Mm-hmm. That's the best AM radio that I believe probably ever was made. Mm. You should hear AM in the way that comes in on Oh, that. oh yeah. It's the receivers 
Right. It's not the AM signal. Got a better so. radio. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, so, yeah, to the last caller. Thanks, by the way, for the very, very nice words. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, that's why I asked the question, how else would you do it? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a little hesitation because if I ask that question, because you can look at it and say, okay, it may not be fair to a particular ca- Nothing is fair. Mm-hmm. But then again, when you look at it and people say, well, only billionaires or people that are well off in establishment can, you know, can get anywhere. Pete Buttigieg got quite far for being a small town mayor with basically zero experience. Yeah, right. Marianne Williamson. Mm-hmm. How many debates was she in? Three? Right. Three, four, maybe? Mm. Come on. Yeah. You can, you can be somebody, if you get a little bit of support in this day and age, you can get your, I don't know what her message was, but you can get your message out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she apparently did a good job at getting the message out there. Look, you can be a, um, you know, uh, uh, you can be a peanut farmer from Georgia back in the day. You know, um, it's, uh, you can be a lawyer from Arkansas. <laughs> okay, Governor, too. Um, but, you know, the the whole you, thing. You can, you can be somebody who made it easy mm-hmm. for the Russians and the Chinese to get tap right into our national secrets. Right. And you can just be a sliver away from the presidency. Exactly. You can at least get the nomination. <laughs> you, can get the, you can get the nomination. Yes. After, Look, after that's known. Right. You can make one speech at the 2004 uh, convention <laughs> for the Democrats, <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom. You're the next rock star. Exactly. <laughs> Obama. Here's your forecast. Good news for the South. Rain will be ending today. That doesn't help some of the flooded rivers, creeks, and streams that could continue to overflow their banks over the next 24 hours or so. The next seven days looks like a drying period for the South, much needed. Accumulating snow today for the Northeast along I-80. You'll run into some snowfall. By daybreak, though, this system will provide mainly rain showers for areas like Pittsburgh, Cleveland. By the late afternoon, snow will be ending with this system. Syracuse, a high today of 39, so snow early, then changing over to rain and possibly back to snow by Saturday morning. For New York City, mainly rain, same for Boston. Throughout the rest of the nation, we'll see dry conditions for the central part of the country, and the west looks mainly clear with some onshore disturbance coming into Washington and Oregon. Rain on the coast, snow in the mountains. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio, I'm meteorologist John Trout. Your forecast is brought to you by the TruckSmart mobile app from Travel Centers of America. Download TruckSmart today to get what you need when you need it.
The Bonus Show. And he's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. So what does what does uh Sanders have to do if he doesn't want to give up? What does he act now? We we gave a couple of things, but what is the one thing that the far left actually uh would not mind hearing about Biden that actually seems to be something which is the focus, Democrats would say, obsession of the Republicans. Hmm. Biden and Burisma. You look yeah. at the far left. Go to the far left blogs. Look at the far left. Jenk Uger last night. Mm-hmm bringing up all these things. It's everything the far left is against. And that is the Bidens making money Mm -hmm. in Ukraine, Hunter Biden making a ton of money in China. All these things that Bernie Sanders rails against, corruption, using your position to make money in government and not worrying about taking care of the little guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything that the far left claims that they care about is all contained in Burisma and the Bidens. Yeah. And it, then you rely on the media to do the fact checking. Yes. Because that's that's really right. You, you look at the um, the saturation of the uh, the voter base really doesn't necessarily happen during the debate. Um, it continues the next day. When the sound clips are played over and over again, the coverage of the debate. But then beyond that, you know, the fact checking is where they get into the meat and potatoes of all of it. And we talked about this during the 2016 season. You know, every time, you know, we were saying that uh, Trump could, you know, just repeat over and over again. uh, Her lies about Benghazi. Um, You know, the, the fact that she did break the law. By putting a server, an unsecured server in her home and repeat those over and over again and let the media do the fact checking. It didn't happen that way, but Bernie is on his, this is his last last chance. This is it. And you're going to have to, and, and, and this fits right within his entire theme of, you know, you can't be rich. Well, you certainly can't use your political influence to get very rich. It fits right in with the Bernie Sanders narrative. Mm -hmm. There are, there are many Democrats on the far left to support Bernie that wants him to use it. Mm -hmm. Will he, right? Will he use it as his last opportunity to ever become president of the United States? Mm -hmm. It fits into what he claims he cares about. Right. 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 Or will he do the same and submit, because uh, look, uh, I will say this over and over again to Bernie Sanders people. It's his fault. He blew it. Mm-hmm. His communist s- uh, sympathizer week and a half destroyed his campaign. Right. If he wants to bring it back, say, I would never use my position. Never use my position in the executive office to ensure that my family gets rich from the Ukraine, China, whatever, I would say those statements and see the pres- the vice president's reaction. And if he reacts, then start going through the specifics. 
You bring yeah. it up and you say, excuse yeah. me? We now know fact. We know what you said, number one, how you got the prosecutor fired. And then we know that the firm that represented Burisma was contacting the State Department in order to get them to lay off the investigation of Burisma. And they used your son and his name to help push that. Yep. Something's dirty there, and we need to get to the bottom of it. Look, if Bernie can convince people that billionaires generically are evil because they have the money, yeah. this is a no-brainer for Bernie. Oh, yeah. But will he use it, or will he wimp out? Is it more important for Bernie to be president, or is it more important for him to pretend that he wishes he was president and then go back to his life that he has been able to acquire because of his capitalist tendencies mm -hmm. and enjoy his last years in the Senate and retirement in his well above rich person lifestyle mm -hmm. that came from being in the government. Mm -hmm. That's when the money came from. Yep. It's talking about his book. Oh, yeah. Books where the money came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it, it could go either way because he does have the tendency to lay down. Yep. But if he wishes to be if he wishes to be president and he believes scorched and, and he's willing to go scorched earth, that's what you have to do. Right. Now, the establishment will go crazy. But the message in itself, look, we've been talking about it for the longest time. We know when Democrats believe that they have an argument against us, they'll let us know. Mm -hmm. They know on Burisma, just like, uh, was it Jeffrey Tubin? Mm -hmm. We don't know what to do with the story. Right. They know it looks terrible, and they don't want the investigation because they believe it might lead somewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, look, this is not, um, this really isn't that hard. You just have, you have to have the will. You know, Again, it depends on what Bernie wants to do or if he just wants to go after the establishment because he's he sees the writing on the wall of what they have done once again. You know, I mean, after 2016, you would think he'd be furious at the establishment. Well, now's the time. Now's the time to show that that uh, that anger. He's angry about everything else, but the stuff that's happening to him. Think about that. He's angry about everything else except for he didn't really go off on the establishment. He ended up endorsing Hillary after all of that in 2016. He lays down like nobody's business. He's good at laying down. But will he do it this time? If he really wants to win or if he really just wants, wants to go after the party, Let's go to Steve in Vancouver, Washington. Steve, you're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. So um, what bothers me is all the financial corruption that the Democrats don't give a flip about. Uh, uh, Hillary, the Clintons, their foundation, the money they got from overseas, from misogynistic countries like Saudi Arabia and such, um, and and even Biden and his son. I don't know if anything is going to come of that because I don't think Democrats give a flip. But I think what American citizens are going to care about 
are how the Obama and Biden administration weaponized American uh, uh, agencies against American citizens. The FBI with Comey, uh, maybe the CIA, the intelligence agencies uh, uh, investigating Trump. An American citizen. Granted, he's not liked. In a general election, yes, we're not. We're not to the general election. Democrat voters in the primary. Democrat primary voters. Democrat primary voters could give it. Don't care about that. They don't care that the Obama administration weaponized the IRS against conservative organizations. Democrat primary voters do not care that Bernie Sanders voted to remove a president from office because. He said, I should have my constitutional right to go to the courts to decide something. In a general election, you're absolutely right. In a Democrat primary election, no. The only thing you're trying to do is focus in that Biden wanted to make money for his family. If you're saying the Obama administration did unfair things and might have broken the law to try to get at conservatives, they could care less about that. Well, I don't know that the conservative aspect has to be brought up, just the fact that a presidential administration weaponized agencies against American citizens. I think if it's a if it's well, if you say it, forth, if you say it in, in a right generic, fashion, if you say it in a generic form, it doesn't go anywhere. Well, here's the thing: you've got to be, also, spe- and, and the specifics are: it was used to go after Republicans. Yeah, they don't well, care about that, and 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 Trump. I mean, you're you're and basically Trump, yes. you're defending yes. Trump when you start down that road. But it, but it, but Steve, I agree with you. In yeah. a general election, absolutely, that's what the Trump administration—that's what Trump has to do, and his ads oh, have to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, in a Democratic primary, Bernie's uh, not going to do that. Yeah, in a yeah, Democratic pr- yeah. primary, I, I get that. I, yeah. I've just seen so much fail. I've just seen I know. so much fail involving the finances of the Democrats. You know, that's all. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Thanks, I understand. Believe me, I, we understand completely. But I'm just telling you that the Democratic primary voter doesn't care. They're okay with Sanders wanting to remove Trump from office. Oh yeah. Because Trump said, "Well, I should be able to go to the courts." Nope, you. We're, we are going. We are going to overturn a presidential election because the president said, "I want to go to the courts." Yeah. So understand how radical they understand how radical the Democrats are. Even the voters, even those that that may not that that uh, may not prefer a socialist communist society to Bernie Sanders and therefore voting for Biden. They simply want a bigger social welfare state. They also have no problem with removing Trump from office in an unconstitutional way. They don't care. Right. Exactly. In the general election. Yeah, that's where you get independence. But in the Democratic primary election, they don't care that the IRS was used to weaponize uh, against uh, conservative groups they like that mm-hmm. yeah so but i understand your frustration because you can understand you can hear my frustration well i mean yeah <laughs> i mean that's what that's what trump's gonna have to do but right. bernie's not gonna do that i think the biggest risk of doing that is that you sound like you're defending trump and and bernie sanders can't do that there's no way he can get away with that you can't point at biden and say uh you know his administration, the 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 administration he was part of, you know, did that to Trump. That's exactly what you're saying. And you you don't want to sound like you're defending Trump. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. We go to Robert in Illinois. Robert, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hello, Gary. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I, I just want to say, you said that your grandparents used to be Democrats. Were they yes. Democrats during the time of FDR? Yes. So that's how I see Bernie. He's like a modern FDR, except better, you know, because he's not going to uh, using the internment camps and African Americans have equal rights. He's like FDR, but better. Well, also FDR though didn't believe in the government nationalization of major industries. So the trying to relate Sanders to FDR, as you have said, you have to keep whittling off a ton of things in order to get to that particular point. I understand that the the campaign is trying to relate him to FDR because they hope. That by relating him to FDR, that mm. older Democrats will vote for him. The problem is the candidate himself. When the candidate himself lost the far left of the Democrat Party, the actual party, not the voter, but the party, by being a Fidel Castro sympathizer, he lost that. Yep. That's on him. Yeah. I understand the point of trying to make the analogy. If you're a supporter of it, that makes sense. Let's make it FDR. That young people. We'll say it's great and old people. But as you say, you had to whittle off, well, except for internment camps and uh, probably the racist attitudes that uh, existed at the time. And the fact that he did not believe in uh, that he that he uh, uh, did not believe in the nationalization of industries, plus also an FDR that did not believe in any type of public unions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. People forget about that. Right. FDR was completely against public sector unions. Well, then you sit there and say, well, can we find one thing? Well, you probably can find something that Sanders agrees with Trump on. Does that make Sanders Trump? No. Well, um, I forget what it, what, what it was in the 2016 season, and Bernie said, I agree with Trump on that. I, I forgot what it was. Uh, probably trade. Uh, it, it may have been. Might have been, may have, might have been trade. May have been, yes. May have been tariffs, right. yeah. Okay. Could have been, could have been the, the tariffs on it. So, you know, we, uh, but I understand the marketing of it, but it's not true. But mm. I understand the marketing of it because you wish to, you wish to attract older Democrat voters, but that failed miserably. Bernie is responsible for that failing miserably in his yeah. campaign. Yes, he is. You can't look at it if you're, if you're putting yourself in the shoes of a political consultant, you look at that and you say, you killed your own campaign. Yep. yep. Because there's no way an FDR was stating, oh, okay, I believe in socialist communist philosophies and uh, I believe, for example, as Bernie has, with, and that's the problem, agreeing with AOC that this is what we need, need to do, his history of talking about the nationalization of major industries, which means the government takeover of industries is not something that FDR could have gotten away with. No. <laughs> no. You know, during no war, close. you know, during wartime we understand what happened when when all the because of the wartime what happened with those industries, but then after World War II, it was back to the private sector again. Mm-hmm. Right. Fully private sector. They were still private sector at that point also though.